gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 158, hosted by G2. I am G2, and I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today on the first what? I believe it's the first Sunday of the new year, 2024. We made it. Uh, I want everybody to know that I'm doing well. My family's doing well. I hope everybody out there is doing well. I know this first week of 2024 has been a bang. Um, in more than one instances in the entertainment uh, business, you got a big explosive interview that I will be covering uh, in this episode, as well as just in regular everyday life. We had another uh, school shooting, which I will be covering. Uh, we had people losing their lives this week. We had an earthquake in Japan. We had a plane uh, just going down in Japan as well. I talked about that on the midweek episode. I mean, we had a lot of different things uh, this past, just this past week in the beginning stages of 2024. And uh, we'll see how the rest of 2024 shapes up after this. But uh, yeah, that's so far what's going down. I, as I said, I'll talk about some of these instances in this episode. But before I get to that, I wanted to talk about the National Food Days of the Week. Today being January the 7th, it is National Tempura Day. Uh, January the 8th, it is going to be National English Toffee Day. January the 9th, National Apricot Day. January 10th, Bittersweet Chocolate Day. January the 11th, it is National Milk Day. And January the 12th, it will be Curried Chicken Day as well as National Marzipan Day. And to round this off, January the 13th, it is National Peach Melba Day. Now, to start off after the National Food Days of the Week, I always go into the condolences part of the show because I want to get those out the way instead of uh, ending the show with the condolences. I'd rather start off with sadness before I start at least trying to live the show up. So let me get to that. Uh, first, I want to talk about the actor uh, Christian Oliver. He was 51 and his two daughters uh, passed away in a plane crash this week as this information is coming from uh, people. They would say four people, including actor Christian Oliver and his two young daughters, were killed after a plane. They were in crashed in the Caribbean Thursday. A statement from the Royal St. Vincent uh, Police Force on Thursday said the incident occurred off the islands of Bequi. The small single-engine aircraft was traveling from J.F. Mitchell Airport in Paget Farm to St. Lucia. They would say that moments after taking off, the aircraft experienced difficulties and plummeted into the ocean, said the local authorities. Fishermen and divers from Paget uh, Farm went to the scene of the incident in their boats to render assistance. For three passengers aboard the aircraft were identified by authorities as Christian uh, Oliver, the actor, 51, and his two daughters. The pilot was identified as Robert Shaw's who also owned the plane. Authority says the bodies of the pilot and the passengers were recovered from the aircraft and waters by the SVG Coast Guards. The victims were later pronounced dead. So we have that to add to the list of people that passed this week. Adding on to that, we had one half of Starsky and Hutch, 
uh, David Soul, who died at the age of 80. He passed away this week. Soul's wife would confirm the news in a statement on Friday, writing that he died following a valiant battle for life, while surrounded by his loving family. The statement read, David Soul, beloved husband, father, grandfather, and brother, died yesterday, January 4th, after a valiant battle for life in the loving company of his family. He shared many extraordinary gifts in the world as an actor, singer, storyteller, creative artist, and dear friend. His smile, laughter, and passion for life will be remembered by many whose lives he has touched. Um, as this information comes from Independence, uh, he played Hutch in Starsky and Hutch from 1975 to 1979. Um, he also did, uh, they say that he was also known for his roles in Here Comes the Brides, Magnum Force, and the Yellow Rose. This guy was before my time. My parents probably know exactly who he was. So I do want to give acknowledgement to him for passing away as well. Uh, as well as another actress, um, that passed away this week. It was Mary Poppins actress, Glenn's Johns. She dies at the age of 100, as this information comes from CNN. Uh, John's longtime manager, Mitch Clem, told CNN on Thursday that she died peacefully Thursday morning in Los Angeles at an assisted living home where she lived for the past several years. She is survived by her grandson, Thomas, and her three great-grandchildren. A cause of death has not yet been determined. Glenn's powered by her way through life with intelligence, wit, and a love for the performance affecting millions of homes. Clem said in a statement on Thursday, she entered my life early in my career and set a very high bar on how to navigate the industry with grace, class, and truth. John's career as a film, TV, and stage actor spans nearly nine decades. So that's 90 years. Um, she's best known for her breakout role in Miss Banks and Disney's uh, Mary Poppins. I know her for being the mother in Superstar. Superstar is such a stupid film to watch, but if you just want to get a stupid laugh from late 90s, early 2000s, like, comedies, go and watch that. Um, that's the only reason how I knew of this woman. When I saw her face pop up, I knew the face looked familiar, and then I just looked into her credits, and I was like, oh yeah, I thought that was you. But, uh, she died at the age of 100. You have that, I mean, dude, they lived such a, she lived such a life. If you live to 100, that means that's a whole, uh, century that you were able to see that not a lot of people were able to see you died like after your contemporaries you died after a lot of people that you known uh has been on the earth saw what they had to saw then dipped out i mean living to 100 that sounds crazy but we all hope to at least get to that far so that whenever it's time for us to go you hope that you uh have accomplished what you wanted to accomplish and see who you wanted to see by that time but um rest in peace to all these people in the entertainment business that we lost now, moving to a tragedy that I mentioned earlier in the uh, show, the school shooting that happened here in America, in Iowa, a sixth grader uh, has been killed in that high school shooting. He has been identified. Uh, the sixth grader, known as Amir Jolliffe, he was 11. He was shot three times in the shooting at Perry High School. The Iowa Department of Public Safety said in a release on Friday, as this comes from ABC News, uh, the Perry Middle school student was one of eight victims in the shooting, the Iowa Department of Public Safety said Friday, increasing the previous reported number of victims by two. Seven people, three staff members, and four students received wounds of injuries of varying degree, the agency said. So that's the seven right there. Uh, Perry High School 
Principal Dan Marburger, one of the staff members injured in the uh, shooting, remains in critical condition, according to the Iowa Department of Public Safety. The the principal has been hailed as a hero. Um, I'm not going to go too much into everything else. They said the suspected shooter was a 17-year-old Dylan Butler, a student at the high school. They say he was a senior. Uh, he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Authority said he was found dead by responding officers with a pump-action shotgun and a small-caliber handgun. So that happened this week. I Again, I've said this plenty of times. I don't understand the whole school shooting route. We're just starting off the new year. What what would cause you to want to do this in my personal? I'm just, I'm tired of hearing about school shootings. I know there's going to be some more as 2024 goes on in. I don't want that to happen. I think everybody's tired of the whole school shootings. I've said it before and I'll break it here. I want, if you're going to, cause harm to yourself in the end because every time a school shooter goes to a school and does their uh, damage they always end up shooting themselves or they end up getting shot by police officers let me explain something to you right now if you plan on doing something to yourself okay do not go to a school sh and start shooting up people just so you could take some people out before you leave just because you want to be uh infamous or famous something like that don't do that I always have been on the stance of, hey, go talk to someone, talk to the National Suicide Hotline. I always had that uh, phone number in my episode uh, descriptions every time. And if you feel suicidal, please call that hotline number and talk to those people because I've always said life is uh, special. You might be in a dark area right now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a rainbow after this darkness, because trust me, I have been in some dark moments, and trust me, I have made it out through the light, I've never been uh, suicidal like that, but everybody has those dark days, everybody has those moments where you are just dark and gloomy, and you think about maybe, just maybe, but you never don't take the action of it, but just maybe, um, call the suicide hotline, and see if they could change your mind on that perspective, all that type of stuff, that's one, two, if you call that number and you still feel that type of way, talk to people that you know. Talk to them, see if they can give you some insight. Talk to them and see if they can uh, make you change your mind on wanting to commit suicide, that number. And again, if you still feel that type of way, I will say just go out just by yourself. Do not drag anybody into your mess I don't like how people get dragged into a shooter's mess because they wanted to die. They want to bring people down with them. I hate that. I've always hated that. I think the world hates that. We all say that's cowardly every single time when we hear of a school shooting and the shooter always kills himself at the end of it. We always say, what the hell was that? You could have just offed yourself. You didn't have to kill innocent uh, individuals. So again, I hope that we don't get more school shootings, which... That's kind of crap, not even crappy to think. It's kind of not realistic to think because some idiot, some person that feels some type of way, they're going to do it anyway. I hope and I pray that we don't get more school shootings. I hope 2024 is one of these years that, you know what? We decrease on the school shootings. We decrease on the rampage to go out there in the streets. That's the only thing I can really hope for. But I do uh, 
wish love and light to the sixth graders family that lost their sixth grader, their son. I mean, that's insane because this was the first week back for people off of Christmas break, holiday break, whatever you want to call it, just break. You guys broke away from 2023, you guys had your Christmas, you guys had your New Year celebration, and you go right back into work, go right back into school, and the first thing you think of is, okay, I gotta go right back into this silly, stupid place and uh, get talkative again with these people that I haven't seen or you text with during your holiday vacation, whatever, and the last thing on your mind is to deal with some type of tragedy as a parent or even as a student going into the school that's the last thing you think of but then when it happens it's just it's just one of those things that you don't ever want to think about but you gotta constantly keep your head on a swivel when you're in public places and you're in a location because again we have people out here that's not uh the right mind set so again i'm hoping that 2024 changes that and again i do uh pray for uh Amir Jalaf's family for the loss of their loved one and also other individuals that lost a friend here and uh, families that are dealing with people that were wounded in this uh, tragedy here. So again, my heart goes out to everyone here. I really do mean that. And I hope everyone is able within their own due time is able to process this and uh, start making the way to not going to say get over this because that's a terrible thing, especially right now to say, but to relieve themselves from this struggle and the stranglehold that this incident has upon them. Now, on to the next topic here, as it's come from the Associated Press, as it would state it, a terminally ill Connecticut woman ends her life, her own terms, in Vermont. Our article would state a Connecticut woman was who pushed for expanded Access to Vermont's law that allows people who are terminally ill to receive lethal medication to end their lives died in Vermont on Thursday, an event her husband called comfortable and peaceful, just like she wanted. Linda Bluestein, who had terminal cancer, ended her life by taking prescribed medication. Her last words were, I'm so happy I don't have to do this suffer anymore. Her husband, Paul, wrote in an email on Thursday to the group compassion, and choices, which was shared by the Associated Press. The organization filed a lawsuit against Vermont in 2022 on behalf of Blue Stein of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and Dana Bernard, a physician from Middlebury. The suit claimed Vermont's residency requirement in its so-called patient choice and control at end-of-life law violated the U.S. Constitution's Commerce, Equal Protection, and Privileges, and Immunities Clause. The state agreed to a settlement last March that allowed Blue Stein, who is not a Vermont resident, to use the law to die in Vermont. And two months later, Vermont made such accommodations available to anyone in similar circumstances, becoming the first state in the country to change its laws to allow terminally ill people from out of state to take advantage of it to end their lives. So there's that. You know what? Being This kind of goes into what I just said about the last topic here. If you want to end your life, do it by yourself. Do it, not going to say do it your way in that way, because the last topic I talked about was a school shooter, and he did that his way, which was nasty. This woman here who was fighting cancer, and she just constantly was suffering, she did it 
in a peaceful manner. She went out her way, only herself with a physician doing this. And I think that a lot of people, if they are in that predicament, will like to go out their way. I think a lot of people in her predicament, if you're dealing with some type of cancer or you're dealing with some type of just disease that you just can't take it anymore because you're suffering constantly and you just want to go, I think this is a perfect time to advertise for Vermont. I think this is a perfect time for Vermont to put this out there to the world for people that might not just want to be here anymore, even if you don't have anything terminally ill. Just say, hey, come to Vermont. We'll talk to you. We'll figure out a way for you to exit this life uh, peacefully, and we can do that for you. I want that to be a thing. I want that to be a thing just world round and on the inside this country and even around the world. They might be have something in other countries. I didn't do research on that. I probably will later. But just for you to end your life on your own with a medical physician and you understanding the process and everything of yet that for your choice. That's a great thing to push, especially in this time where people are having these suicidal thoughts and they might want to end themselves. And then you get people that do drastic things to take people down with them. This is a perfect time to advertise that. And I know there's going to be some people probably going to come out and say, no, you shouldn't end your life in this and that. Listen, you have one life to live and you do it and you live your best way for yourself. And if you decide that you want to end it, you do that, but you have to do that in a peaceful way for yourself, not taking anyone down. Linda Bluestein here, she was terminally ill with cancer. She did that. She talked to her physician. They went to Vermont. They saw the law there. They got it to change. Vermont's law made it accessible now for anybody that's not in this state to come here, probably live there for a little bit, maybe, just for you to end your life. And again, I think that's something that needs to be mentioned out here a lot. I think that needs to be uh, told. I think that needs to be said more. Again, I'm not of the prescribed nature to say end your life because I think life is too valuable. But I'm not going to look at you and frown my head and like look down on you because you want to end your life. Again, I'm not uh, in these people's shoes. I'm not in these people's heads. You don't ever know what's going through some people. But... I think right now is the perfect time for Vermont to like advertise that. And I'm glad this woman just went out on her own accord. And again, she did that herself, talked to her physician. She understood it. And that's what happened. So that's something for anybody that's out there. If you're terminally ill, you know that you're not having much long to live. You don't want to suffer anymore. Go to Vermont, look into the law of that, and just see what you guys can come up with which is the most natural, nice way for you to go out, one. And also, two, let your people know. Her husband knew, and he talked about it. They had a group that talked about it, and I'm pretty sure he was not supportive at the beginning because who's really supportive whenever your person says that they want to end it, but then I guarantee he got uh, on board with it. After seeing your person being in so much pain and being in so much uh, suffering so much, I guarantee he got on board and just said, you know what, honey, I'm cool with you leaving. So uh, tell your people, have the conversation with them. And again, you're going to have people say no, but then guess what? They'll come around after they see you so much in pain and they're going to say, you know, what? I'll help you uh, relieve yourself. But um, Vermont, 
I'm glad you made that change. I never knew about this until this uh, new story came up into my bubble. And I'm glad I got to see it. So now, if you guys do want to end your life and you're terminally ill, or you just want to end your life, go to Vermont and uh, see what you guys can do about it. Now, sticking with Associated Press, still with the condolences here, but it's of a different variety here. Uh, they would put out in their headline, Only 53-year-old female elephant euthanized in a Los Angeles zoo. A 53-year-old Asian elephant has been euthanized at the Los Angeles zoo after she was unable to stand up, the zoo announced Thursday. Shanzi, one of the two female elephants at the zoo, was discovered unable to stand Tuesday night after she went down in the yard of her exhibit space. Animal care staff and zoo veterinarians responded quickly and worked through the night to help Shanzi up. Despite the use of all resources and personal availability, the extraordinary efforts were ultimately unsuccessful, a zoo statement said. A heartbreaking decision was made to sedate and euthanize the animal on Wednesday, the statement said. It's unclear why the elephant couldn't stand up. Um, So we have that. They would give a life story, a background of Shanzi. She spent her youth in a circus. She came to Fresno. Cafe Zoo in 1983 and was sent to Los Angeles Zoo in 2017. The average life of a female Asian elephant in human care has estimated by various zoos, researchers, and conservation groups as around 40 to 50 years. Elephants in the wild live decades longer. Asian elephants are considered endangered and only about 40,000 of them remain in the world. They are threatened by destruction of their habitat and by poachers who kill them for their tusks. So here's my deal here. I never ever got along with the idea of animals living in zoos. Uh, I don't like the idea of animals being in circuses. I understand we have a fascination with capturing animals, keep them as pets, keep them in zoos. And I, I get the pets deal. I'm not really one for it. But hey, we've seen it enough times with dogs, cats, uh, snakes, birds, gerbils, hamsters, a variety of things, right? But an elephant... A giraffe, all these big style of animals, there should be no capturing them for a zoo, no capturing them for a circus, none of that. If you have one in your midst, put them back into the wild. Let them be able to live with their own compatriots out there in the wild. Let them be able to be free. It's always... It's always fascinating to me to see the human brain want to take something in that's not meant for them. That's why we explore things. That's why we take things from the natural habitat, bring it back here, put it in a glass, say, here's a museum for this, or in this case, for animals and living beings. You put them in a enclosure and say, okay, here's a zoo. You make them a faux environment for them to live where they have to rely on a human. In the natural zoo, well, not natural zoo, scratch that, in the natural environment, you don't have to worry about humans. You rely on yourself and you rely on the things around you. In a zoo, you have to have a person feed you. You have to have a person bathe you. You have to have a person give you clean water and everything else. And I don't think that's really good for any animal inside of a zoo. I hope zoos get destroyed. That's my personal opinion. If you want to look at these animals, go online. Look at them on a, uh, photos. Look at them from YouTube videos. I mean, we have so much technology in this world now, you don't really need a zoo like that. And I understand people might say, well, I want to see an up close person. Well, you get on a plane 
and go off to wherever they are located and go see them if you are that curious to want to see them in person. That's always been my stance with a zoo and like circuses like that. It always kind of bothered me. I never really thought about it as a kid because you don't think about it. But once you start getting critical thinking and as a teenager, when I started thinking about this, I said, man, zoos should not be around, man. That's crazy. Because imagine a human being captured and being shown off just as a as a prop, as a thing for individuals. And you got to rely on another human to feed you as you're in this enclosure. This has happened before, by the way. It's called slavery. But um, yeah. This 53-year-old Asian elephant, she got euthanized after not being able to stand up. And I think that if she was in the wild, as Ari was stated in the article, that they live decades longer, this uh, elephant would have loved to live longer and been around its own people. So, again, I feel sorry for this elephant. I feel sorry for any animal in a zoo, to be honest with you. And um, I just want zoos to be destroyed. I want zoos to not exist anymore. If you feel curious, as I said before, get on a plane, go off to these areas where they have uh, elephants and tigers and lions and zebras and monkeys. And You get my point. Go to their natural habitat with a person that has been around a natural habitat because it ain't like you can't find uh, a field hand or someone that's going to make a business to show you around the wilderness because there's a business for that. Um, go to those people, go to them and have them take you around the wild. If you want to experience and see these animals in their natural habitat, see them in person, you do that. Zoos shouldn't exist. And I'm, uh, just sad that this 53 year old elephant wasn't able to be around his people in their last, uh, days. That's what I'm sad about. But, uh, hopefully in the upcoming future with everything being exposed, everything kind of changing, Hopefully, the zoos will be destroyed and be uh, abolished. That's what I'm hoping for. Now, all the sadness out of the way, and boy, has it been about a good 20 minutes of about just death. I want to talk about something viral that happened this week. Uh, if you didn't see it, there was a viral video going around of a man leaping after a Las Vegas judge after she denied him uh, probation. And I'm just going to read you a little excerpt from an article that CNN uh, did about said incident, as it was say, defendant Dobra Ridden was in Las Vegas courtroom Wednesday to be sentenced on a charge of attempted battery with substantial bodily harm. Clark County Court said in a statement to CNN, during the hearing, Redden and his attorney asked Judge Mary K. Hothis for probation rather than time behind bars, saying the 30-year-old is getting his life back on track with a new job and plans to resume his education. Redden said his he is addressing his mental health issues and trying to learn from his mistakes. Uh, the judge didn't read the defendant's criminal history allowed in court, which included three felonies, misdemeanors, multiple domestic violent situations, robberies, attempted home invasions. You got a lot going on here, sir, the judge told Redden. Redden's attorney told the judge he believes his client could successfully complete probation. I appreciate that, the judge said, but I think it's time that he gets a taste of something else because I just can't with that history. And within a couple seconds later, you could hear my man say, F that B, and he ran towards the judge and he leaps over the bench and he starts attacking her. Now, when he attacks her, it goes on for a good couple seconds before someone starts rushing over to go after my man jumping. I mean, he gets a nice good leap off and goes 
it starts hitting the woman. I thought that was insane. That was craziness. You attack a judge after they denied you probation? Dog, you could have just waited it out and just mumbled under your breath. But no, you took it upon yourself to leap over the bench and decide to get at the judge. Now, this popped up on Twitter. This popped up on uh, Instagram. I mean, dude, people would commentate and say, do you not know how high a bench is? And he was able to clear that just to get at the judge. Listen, I have been in a courtroom as just a spectator, and I've never seen how, I never really looked at how high the judge's bench is. It's a nice little, it's a nice little leap. And for him to clear that to go after the judge and just start bombing on the judge, that is crazy. That is wild. I mean, my man did say he's working on his mental health. I'm not certain if he is that insane, but that means it kind of goes into the mental health part of it. But to get denied and you feel that you should get that uh, get that reprieve, I don't know what to say. I don't know this man's history. I'm going to go off of what we did see. That is completely insane. Uh, dude, I don't know what to say. They did say that uh, the judge was uh, back at work Thursday, uh, but remained sore and stiff. She's extremely grateful for those who took it, uh, took the brave attack action during that attack and thank all of those who send well wishes. So we have that. I'm not certain about my man. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a lengthy, uh, time in prison, in jail, because dude, you just don't attack a judge. That's insane. That is crazy. Uh, I don't know. And for people that aren't aware of this, I'm a guy that watches professional wrestling and a wrestling company in Japan just had their big event, New Japan. And there was a event that happened just like this after this. So I think that wrestling took from this. You see a guy that used to work at WWE named as Nick Nemeth. He goes after one of their champions and he jumps over the table to get after the champion, fight them there, and then the champion goes away. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, so they ripped that from this thing right here. So again, this thing went viral and... I don't think anybody's ever seen this type of stuff happen before. We are in a crazy time for 2024 now. And again, remember what I said. We are literally just at the beginning of the year. This is still January. As a matter of fact, this is the first week of January of 2024. Imagine the rest of the craziness that's going to follow the rest of the year. Now, also, sticking with craziness, by the way, it has been updated uh, that the Supreme Court will heal, will We'll hear uh, Donald Trump's case about him being kind of off the ballot. And I believe it's what? Nevada, not Nevada, uh, Colorado. Hold on one second. I have it right here. The Supreme Court said Friday it will decide whether former President Donald Trump's name can appear on primary election ballots, a case that ensures the justices will play a crucial role in shaping this year's presidential election. The decision to review the case from Colorado at oral argument in early February comes after the state's top court disqualified the Republican frontrunner, finding Trump engaged in an insurrection before and during the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. So there you have it. We are going to hear from the Supreme Courts, probably from February, where the argument does begin. 
to say whether he should be allowed on the ballots for Colorado or not. Again, I don't think that should happen because that was the first time in any type of history, at least in America here, that you had a former president at all trying to lead the group of people to attack basically the government. That's insane. So we'll see what happens if he's going to be on the ballots. Boy, that tells you that Trump has a lot of stroke and there's just no way that it's going to end there. And again, 2024, it just began. So we're going to deal and see more craziness throughout the rest of the uh, year. Now, going into something that I do want to talk about here, and it still has me slandering Florida because, boy, oh boy, I just can't get over this. Uh, this comes from USA Today as the title reads, Missing 16-Year-Old Girl from Ohio, Located in Florida with Help from Video Game. Investigators were able to locate a Florida man suspected of bringing a 16-year-old girl across state lines with the help of a video game. The FBI sought assistance from a Marion County Sheriff's Office detective uh, Wednesday to help locate a missing teenager from Ohio, according to a social media post by the department. The detectives were able to track the girl to a residence in Donellon, over 70 miles north of Tampa, with the help from her World of Warcraft account on the same day deputies were contacted by the Bureau. The information the detective gathered led them to the residence of a 31-year-old man who also accessed his online gaming account from that location. When the detective arrived at the home, the man denied knowing the girl, later admitted that he drove to Ohio to meet the girl and brought her back to his house. He also told the detective that he was in a romantic relationship with the girl, planned on holding her while well, hiding her at his house and making her his wife, the post stated. The man showed Discord messages sent between him and the girl that confirmed the plans he made to go pick up the girl in Ohio and engage in sexual activity despite knowing that he was committing a crime, according to the Post. He was arrested and transported to a county jail in the area where he is being held without bond. The man is currently facing three charges, including traveling to meet a minor to engage in sexual activity, interfering with child custody, and sheltering an unmarried minor. So, Again, Florida, 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 you guys never cease to amaze me at all. This was nastiness. This is pure example of what nastiness looks like. And as I said, we're in 2024. I need people to look after their kids, look after what they're doing, even if they're at their age of 16, where in certain states they are considered an adult just because they are on the cusp of graduating high school or did graduate high school. And again, certain states, they do allow the age of consent for sexual activity to be 16, which is kind of crazy to me. Still, when you think about it, it's not crazy when you're 16, but when you become an adult, you got to see how crazy it is for you to have sexual activity at the age of 16 and it'd be all right. But I digress on that. Um, I want people to look after their kids. I want adults to look after their kids. I want other siblings to look after their other siblings to see what they're doing online, making sure they're all right and not talking to any creeps at all. Um, especially in the gaming world, it's kind of crazy because you're dealing with people online and anybody could be anybody online. A man can say they're a female, a woman can say they're a male, um, a person can falsify how old they live, falsify, uh, I mean, how old they are and where they live. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be falsified online. And Everything is just crazy, willy-nilly, up, upside-down, tipsy-turvy around here. It's just insane to me. But this type of news story, it doesn't shock me that much, because one, it's from Florida. Florida, as I said before, has a lot of uh, wacky, nut-jobby-type people over in that state. And I'm just calling it how it is, Florida. You guys know that. 
Um, and just for this man to drive all the way to Ohio, then grab her and drive her all the way back to Florida, dude, that's crazy. That's mad many miles that you drove. That is time in the car that you really have the idea to say, you know what? This is going to work out. You know what? This is going to be great. No, you have the idea to really change up your mind, but no, you really stuck with, nope, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. I'm going to get her. We're going to have a relationship. She's going to be my wife. Dog. Nah, you are 31. That is 15 years differences. That is a whole teenager right there. What are you doing? Find someone within your age bracket that likes what you like, or at least has a commonality to what you like. This right here was nastiness at its purest form here, ladies and gentlemen. And again, there's a lot of nastiness out here. You got to be able to look after your kids. You got to be able to look after your siblings because you have no idea what they're going to be getting themselves into. And even though your siblings or your kid might say, I know what I'm doing or don't look into my stuff and they might hate you at the beginning, but trust me, they're going to love you at the end because they know deep down inside, they might not want to admit it at first, but they do know that you care for them and that you're just looking after their, their best uh, safety in hands. So again, do all that, look into what they're on, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and all that type of stuff. And hopefully your uh, kid or your sibling won't end up in a situation like this. And I'm glad that the FBI did get in contact with the local uh, government the local police force down there, and they were able to get this missing teenager before anything truly tragic happens here. Because just to think about it, your teenager gets kidnapped or goes with another person. You don't know where they're at. That's called a missing person. And the next thing you know, they end up being dead because of an older man, man or female or whatever it may be, uh, kidnapped your person because of a romantic romantic relationship or a stalking situation, something wrong happens between the two, and then whip, your kid's dead because of an older individual and basically a stranger. So again, that's crazy. I'm glad none of that did happen here. Hopefully, as I said, we're in a new year. Things will not have to be as crazy as this. And uh, people are able just to look after their people. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm glad that the 16-year-old is back to... Her home, she was located safely, soundly, and hopefully this guy, 31-year-old, gets evaluated because I don't think anybody's normal right mind, and again, normal spans different avenues, but I think we all, as people, know what normalcy is collectively, and we all have a basic commonality on what you can do and what you shouldn't do. Being 31 or being even 25 and engaging with a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, uh, 14-year-old, any of that nature in this type of situation, that's not good. It's not normal. It's not right. Hopefully, this man gets evaluated, looked after head, uh, look at his head, his mental health, to see if he's all right in head. And if he is, put my man under the jail, or at least put him in jail with a lot of other individuals, and we'll see how his uh, mentality will change then. Now, Moving off of that, I want to get into the interview spaces because, boy, we had two interviews this week that popped uh, the Internet. And I'm going to save the most <laughs> the most damning and uh, talk about one after the first one. The first one I want to talk about is Gypsy uh, Rose Blanche. She sat down with ABC. She sat down with um, 
Al Roker's wife, Deborah Roberts, and they played this on Good Morning America. And I'm just going to play you a little excerpt from their interview, and I'm going to give you my opinion on said interview and my opinion on Gypsy Rose after the excerpt. So here it is, the interview from uh, ABC. Tell me about the day you stepped out from behind the prison walls. You don't realize how much you're restricted in prison. I felt like I was in a black and white world and I just stepped into Technicolor. Um, it, it was amazing. Her world shifting after spending nearly nine years in prison for helping plot the murder of her own mother. Gypsy, a victim of her mother's psychological disorder, commonly known as Munchausen syndrome by proxy, in which parents seek sympathy through the exaggerated or made-up illnesses of their children. Since childhood, Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee, portrayed her daughter as frail, disabled, suffering from multiple illnesses, including leukemia and muscular dystrophy, subjecting the girl to life in a wheelchair, a feeding tube, and unnecessary surgeries, even having some of her teeth removed. It was all a lie. Your mom has been portrayed as a monster. I don't believe my mother was a monster. She had a lot of demons herself that she was struggling with. I didn't want her dead. I just wanted out of my situation. And I thought that that was the only way out. In 2015, Gypsy says she reached a breaking point and plotted with a boyfriend she met online, Nicholas Godijan, to kill her mother. Gypsy would later plead guilty to second-degree murder. Godijan was convicted of carrying out the stabbing death and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Is it fair that he is incarcerated for life for killing your mom and you're out? Well, I'm sure that we both have a lot of regrets. All I can really say is that I did my time. He's doing his time for his part. Um, and I wish him well on his journey. Now, as I said, that was a sit-down interview that Gypsy Rose had with Deborah Roberts from ABC. And you can watch that interview on YouTube. They're going to do more with her down the line, I guarantee it. Um, before I break down this interview, at least from what I understand and my thoughts on it, I do want to mention ABC, they be grabbing interviews because they got this one they had in the tuck, and now they have another one that they had in the tuck that they're about to just throw out to the public on Monday. It's Jonathan Majors. And I find it funny how Disney, who uh, owns ABC, that owns Marvel, is doing an interview with a actor who Marvel just fired. Um, I find that extremely hilarious because that's showing you guys right clearly to your face that Disney still messes with Jonathan Majors because I don't think that they would have got Jonathan Majors if they didn't mess with him. And then people might say, well, no, Joe, that's just business. No, I think there's some business to that, yes, but I think there's some underlying business to that. As I said in my previous episode about Jonathan Majors, it's on one of the episodes of the Midweek Breakdown, I believe two weeks ago or whatever. I talked about how they're going to have Jonathan Majors lay low. He's going to do a couple films without them, and then they're going to have him back in the Marvel Universe some way, somehow. And I think this is just the first step. It's letting people know in their face, hey, yo, he's still cool with us. He just got hit with a little couple little things, not big heavy set uh accusations and guilty stuff. It's nothing but uh little misdemeanors, at least in my opinion, with the ex-girlfriend situation. So they're still rocking with Jonathan Majors. I just think that he's gonna be on a couple little movies before he gets back with Marvel and Disney again and it all gets uh swept underneath the rug. That's just my personal opinion. But we'll see what 
Jonathan Majors has to say on Monday. Now, I get to the Gypsy Rose right here. If you don't know the Gypsy Rose story, Gypsy Rose, she was a girl whose mother had apparently much in sin by proxy, and I looked up what causes that. They have no idea what causes much in sin uh, syndrome by proxy. They say someone, how does someone with the symptom act, and it was it has uh, medical skills or experience, seem devoted to their child, looks for sympathy and attention, tries too hard to become close and friendly with medical staff, needs to feel powerful and in control, does not see their behavior as uh, harmful as has come from my health alberta.ca take that for what you will but the mother had that started saying that her daughter gypsy here had medical problems and as you could heard from the interview she subjected her daughter to countless uh, surgeries had her get um god they had her in some type of feeding tubes or some type of medical things that she didn't need and even had some teeth removed from her so basically gypsy rose went through hell under the watchful care of her mother which that's just crazy when you uh hear about all this and i remember hearing this some years ago because i used to watch some lifetime movies with my mother as a family and this was one of them before they start redoing the story of gypsy rose over and over as they've been doing and i remember seeing that i was like well, that's crazy and to find out that it was real i said that is nuts but gypsy rose she's out She's here. She does interviews. She was on The View. She's uh, been doing different interviews here and there. She's doing social media. And here's my thing with Gypsy Rose. I have no problem with what happened. Sometimes when you're in a state that she was in and you can't escape a situation that you're in, sometimes you have to take measures into your own hands. And she killed her mother with the help of her boyfriend. Now, the boyfriend is still in jail. He's in jail for a uh, sentence to life while she was sentenced to some years. She's out, and by the parole that she's out, she cannot have any contact with uh, the boyfriend while she's on parole. So I found that out during, thanks to TMZ. Again, I call them the rats because they're able to find out everything. So you take that well, for how you will. But you have that happen. And he's in jail for life while she's out. I would be pissed if I was a boyfriend, but you did it for the greater good if you feel that way. If you are there and you love someone at that time, you still could be pissed. I'm not going to lie. You still could be pissed because you're no longer with the person that you did this for. She's now uh, married. She has a husband. I mean, you could be pissed off, which I would be. However, it's just that now, we just got to wait and see what happens with Gypsy Rose. One thing that we do know, again, TMZ, they would report this, is that the house that Gypsy and the mother was living in, um, apparently he's getting a lot of traffic and neighbors are getting pissed off about this. It's blocking up the block. People are looking for this house. One neighbor said it should have been torn down. There's a lot of things with this Gypsy Rose uh, situation. And again, I think anybody in any type of abusive situation in the way that Gypsy was in, I think you find some compassion for Gypsy. I think you find some compassion for uh, the boyfriend who just wanted to get Gypsy out of that situation. And you even might find compassion for the mother because she has some type of disease. Now, will we call her a monster? This is where you flip the coin and you say yes in certain instances, no in certain instances. But people will say that disease word will say that she was a victim to the disease. Which, again, 
people will have their own way on that. I'm not here to judge anybody's way of feeling. My thought is, I think Gypsy Rose and the boyfriend, they did nothing wrong. If the person is not going to allow you to escape because they have this power over you and they have been subjecting you to hellish conditions for your whole entire life, I think the boyfriend, Gypsy Rose, should not have went to jail. I mean, I understand the reason why they did, but for the boyfriend to still be in jail to this day while Gypsy is out, that's insane and that's absurd. He should be out. He should be living his life because, again, those two, they did what any other person in Gypsy's scenario would have done. Certain people might say, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have killed my mother or anything like that. Being subjected to... Be forced to have some of your teeth be removed. Be subjected to medical treatment, surgeries that you never needed. Tell me that. Be in gypsy's shoes and you tell me that you wouldn't have wanted to kill someone. We kill someone over not liking something that someone did to us off of disrespect. Someone owing you money and saying, screw you, I'm not paying you no money. We kill someone over that. We kill someone over taking someone's girl. Those are all things that you can easily get over. Someone taking your girl, someone taking your man, you can get over that. Someone spilling a drink on you, you can get over that. Someone taking money away from you, you can get over that. But someone subjecting you to conditions that are against your will, teeth being taken out of your mouth, you getting medical procedures, stuff being removed from you, you being put with all these different types of medicines that is effing up your body that you are now living with side effects of, nah, you're killing that person. And yes, Gypsy has remorse now, but I guarantee you, it's for the greater good that her mother is gone. I'm just going to be point bling obvious with you and straight. And I like how even on The View, one of the women, I believe her name is uh, Joyce, is the redhead. She said, you, were, you had uh, nothing, you shouldn't feel guilty, uh, you had to do what you had to do. And you see all the other women of The View say, no, 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 uh, murder is bad. <laughs> and again, I understand the human behavior to say murder is bad, but sometimes we just got to call astray astray. Sometimes we got to do what we got to do out here. And again, we'll see what happens with Gypsy. I hope she's living a good life. And I hope that the boyfriend, well, the ex-boyfriend gets out of jail because that's just insane how he's still in there and she's out. My stance on that, that's the way how I feel. You guys can do your own stance on Gypsy Rose. That's just the way it is. Now, that's one interview that took over the internet for a good portion until this big one came out and I saved the best for last. Ah, Cat Williams. Cat Williams went on to Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp's, uh, not gonna say interview space, a space where he has people on there and they have conversations. He went on there and he just let his Tommy gun ring off. He let off an atomic bomb. I mean, my man went off to the point that it escaped the comedy realm and it entered normal day civilian activities that everybody was looking into it. I believe it's almost close to 20 million views. And that is, as I said, we're entering just 2024, the first week, and we got a conversational piece or better yet, a big old monologue going into 20 million views so far, coming close on YouTube. That's insane. So I'm going to play you this four minute uh, clip of Cat Williams just talking. And by the way, this is just off. This is just the beginning of the interview of 
cat just going off. And I felt that this four million, not four million, this four minute clip needs to be played. It's been edited, obviously, but it needs to be played so I could talk about the bigger grand scheme of things what Cat Williams was mentioning throughout that whole entire interview. So if you don't want to listen to this four minute clip, fast forward four minutes after it, and then you'll hear from me talk about what I feel about Cat Williams explaining and dropping a bomb on the whole entire entertainment business. So with that being said, Cat Williams, uh, Shana Sharp, Club Shay Shay. And I needed you to know why I came by. Yeah, I need you to tell us why. You have a great product here. And as a fan base, we love the attention that you spend on the guest. We, we love how much work you've done, how well you know them, how prepared you are. The same things that we liked about you in football. <laughs> you brought that on over to here. And that's uh, why it resonates. And the reason I had to come is because you've made a safe place for the truth to be told. You know what I mean? Thank you. I appreciate and that. I have watched all of these lowbrow comedians come here and disrespect you in your face <laughs> and tell you straight up lies. <laughs> I'm talking about things that have never been heard in all of black Hollywood. They feel comfortable sitting here and lying to you about it. You gonna set the record straight? Are you kidding me? You let Ricky Smiley sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next, the one I was in? <laughs> I wish all, all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, and then he said some stuff that we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood. You ain't say nothing. But this man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was gonna be Money Mike. Wait. And Cat Williams, was going to be was going to be the Santa Claus. Now let's three quick points. Three quick points. You mean in Hollywood they cast a 5 foot 5 black Santa Claus that weigh 145 pounds. That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was going to play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Everything that Money Mike said Cat Williams wrote. So what Ricky Smiley say on his? You can't say my lines, I wrote them. That's how I already know that I'm going to be funnier than you. What he told everybody was, Cat Williams, hey, hey, don't nobody know who he is? I'm on the radio. I'm with Steven Said. Everybody know me. That's what he told everybody that would listen to on the set. That's the truth of the matter. He was so egregious, not now, then he was so egregious that, and Hollywood has never heard this in a hundred years. He was so egregious, I put in my contract that I won't work with Ricky Smiley again unless he's in a dress. Now, what was Ricky Smiley's next movie? Was it First Sunday? Did he wear a dress in it? You bet he did, it's in my contract. Why would you put that in your, in your contract, Cat? That's where he's the, a believable actor. Him and Tyler Perry can't play a man to save their life. They play good women, and I believe that the best actor should be in the best role. Nobody knows why liars lie, and that's why I had to come on the program. Cedric did the same thing. Cedric told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams' joke? Yeah. He said, it don't line up. How it don't line up that I did it on TV in 2018? You came to see me at the Comedy Store do it in 2019 and then did it on the Kings of Comedy. 
Like, what doesn't line up? I, this is a televised joke that Mark Curry helped me punch up and get to the level that it was. The same Steve that went to go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had. Now Steve got a sitcom where he the principal and he wear a suit and he... And then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business. And it's a man unit. Then you ask, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good over Kaby and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. I don't know. I don't know, Cat. We might not let you drink anymore the way you, you, I mean, we ain't even got. I'm not fueled by alcohol. I've had a sip less than you. The truth don't need motivation. I'm just saying I can't let these dudes lie. Now that was Cat Williams only solely just what? That was four minutes of a whole two hours and I'll say 40 minute interview that he did with Shannon Sharp. Now again, I use interview real loosely on that one. It's more of a monologue that Cat Williams did on Club Shay Shay. He was there just to just explode. You you heard him start off with giving thanks to Shannon Sharp for even being here and the reason why he was there before he just start throwing haymakers, throwing bombs out there. And that's only him talking about Ricky Smiley, Cedric the Entertainer, and Steve Harvey that you hear from me just pick out right there. And as I said, that is literally off the beginning of the interview that he starts going further into the interview he goes off on uh kevin hart he goes off on tiffany hash a little bit he goes into the illuminati business a little bit he talks about chris tucker he talks about harvey weinstein he talks about uh ludicrous he talks about michael jackson he talks about other variety of individuals i mean my man was letting it just sink and gun off in that whole entire monologue there and that was insanity now i mentioned jonathan majors earlier when i said abc was going to do an interview and they did one with them i'm gonna talk about jonathan majors just now because of the cat williams business because cat williams mentioned how uh hollywood selects people and that whenever they want to pull you they can pull you the rug from underneath you and we all know that. I think anybody in the entertainment business or at least watches entertainment and studies it a little bit, you know that as a fact. They did that here with Jonathan Major, but they did it lightly. As I said, ABC's doing an interview with them, and ABC's owned by Disney. So they still have, a, I feel, they still have some business with Jonathan Majors down the line. Um, but Cat Williams mentioned how they looked at Jonathan Majors, and for two years, he tried to parade Jonathan Majors as the definition of a beautiful black man, and he mentions in this Shannon Sharp interview how, you mean to tell me you like big noses, big lips, basic black man features now, from all the years before, you didn't like those features from a black man. You pick him out of all those other ones. No, something's not right in that. That was a play, and again, I looked at that and I said, huh, that's funny because you, I listened to other people talk about that whenever Jonathan Major was on uh, these covers of magazines and they were talking about how, how do you guys find this guy attractive? And again, 
It goes into what Holly wants to put into your ear and put into your eyes as beauty and define it. They can do that because guess what? Everybody would follow it because the entertainment business is the people leading the train. And people will jump aboard and get along that bandwagon. And that's just what it is with entertainment. And that's basically just everyday life. People will get on board with that because that's just what happens. And I found that true for what he said. The bigger stuff that what he talked about with uh, him not doing certain movie roles because of certain things within his personal beliefs of morality and all that type of stuff. He's not doing it because of that. I believe that's true. While certain individuals do it because they don't have the type of morals that he has, meaning that he they are willing to put on a dress. He mentioned the whole dress situation where Hollywood puts black men into dresses to emasculate them. And again, this isn't a big controversial take here. This has been said by a lot of individuals. He mentioned in the interview that uh, he was supposed to do a movie with Martin Lawrence, and it basically was Big Mama House, I believe, two or three, one or the two, and he mentions how whenever they brought the dress to Cat Williams, Cat Williams said, no, I'm not putting on that dress, I'm not doing this, and he said, get Brandon T. Jackson. Brandon T. Jackson is a comedian who ended up doing the thing with uh, Martin Lawrence in Big Mama House 3, and I think he did that, said that as a joke because, again, with hindsight being 2020, we saw who he ended up picking, Brandon T. Jackson to do a movie with Martin Lawrence, Big Mama House 3. And even Brandon T. Jackson said, like a good couple years ago, you can look at it on YouTube. He mentions how when he put that dress on and did that film with Martin Lawrence, it's never been the same for him. Now, people will say that Brandon T. Jackson never had a type of skill and talent for all of that. But you do have to admit, there is something in the Hollywood space that makes them want to say, put a black man in a dress. It's insane to me how you would want someone to put on a dress because you think it's funny. I don't think it's funny if people don't want it to be funny. Now, there was a time and place just like everything else where certain things used to be funny, certain things used to be the norm where, okay, you guys can you do that and wear it and get away with it and everything else. I think now with the conspiracy theory and with the theory of black men being put in dresses in Hollywood and we know that that's trying to emasculate them, why would you want to do that if you're not willing and cool with doing that. Dave Chappelle talked about that some years ago, I believe about a, almost two decades ago on Oprah Winfrey's couch. He talked about that. You can look about uh, look up that on YouTube, and he talks about how they tried to put him in a dress, and he said no, and they had a big kerfuffle with that, and they spent time trying to convince Dave, and he said, no, I'm not doing it, and then they said, fine, screw it. And then he said, within the next 10 minutes, they had a new set. They had a new script right there for him. And he said, hold up, you guys debated with me for about an hour. And you guys mean to tell me we could have did the opposite? So that tells you that they want you in that dress. Again, that's Hollywood for you. I've always said it's Holly weird. People have been saying that for some time now. You take that for what you will in the entertainment business over there in Hollywood. Uh, he talked about Harvey Weinstein wanted to suck his penis. Now, Again, we know about Harvey Weinstein. We know it. He got caught in the Me Too movement business. He got with a lot of other female actors and everything like that. I'm not going to go too much into that because I believe certain people do do certain things for some roles. Obviously, as we heard through the whole Me Too movement, in which I have my own things with that. I think if you sell your soul as in do something that's not in your morals for a role, you sold it. You did 
what you were supposed to do, at least for your own morale. You can't now be an Indian giver and say, well, he took my this and that because of this, and he said, I can get a big movie role, I can get the bigger spot. Yo, dog, you sold your soul. You made a deal. My man said, hey, if you sleep with me, you get this part. You decided to take up that deal. That's what you did. You could easily say no and walk out. I always use Lupita Nyong'o as the bar for that because she talked about how Harvey Weinstein tried to get with her. And she said, nah, I'm good. And Harvey Weinstein at the time, apparently in that time, whenever she mentioned this, was a big time Hollywood wighead. And he had power and everything. But you see Lupita Nyong'o, she was still able to get roles in movies and Tata become the woman that she was able to become. You people in Hollywood have to be able to say no when you are not cool with some things. You cannot just say yeah and then years later come out and say I got touched or I got this and that after you rep reaped the benefits of said success from getting touched and making said deal with that person. I look at you as crazy because now you're trying to tell us that you got touched and all this type of stuff after you gained the success from being with that person on that project. Nah, I'm not trying to hear from you. Me personally, I don't. I don't want to hear from you. That's always been my stance and that will continue to be my stance. If you end up making a deal with someone like that, don't come crying about it later, years later. No, you made that deal. You got to sit with that. You got to sit with it. There's were people that literally walked away from that deal and they could talk about it and they're cool with it. While you, you made the deal and now years later you feel some type of way because you made that deal. No, you made the deal. It was a crappy deal then and you knew it. You took it. You ripped the benefits. You got to sit with it now. Sit with that and die with that deal. So there's that. There are people in Hollywood that he mentioned that sold their soul to get to the level that they're at and he named names on that. Uh, he talked about as you heard from the clip, uh, joke stealing. And in comedy, that's a big no-no. You cannot be stealing jokes from anyone in that comedic space. You can't be doing that. It's a big no-no. I will hearken this, as I said earlier, with the judge situation, professional wrestling. Wrestling does the exact same thing. Wrestlers, they steal other people's gimmicks, they steal other people's moves, but at least the fan base know, okay, you stole that from there, and we know you're paying homage or homage to the person because they steal that stuff years later after it's already been done, and they put their own little spin and twist on it, and we know you're paying homage or you're just blatantly ripping it off, and that's just what it is. With comedy, it's different. Comedy takes you time to craft it. You got to craft this joke and this and that. You got to try it out on different uh, locations here and there. And just for a big-time person to grab your thing and just gank it and rip it from you, that's a problem. And Cat Williams mentioned how he talked to Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric apologized for it whenever it was those two talking. But in the public eye, he never, ever acknowledged that he took that joke from Cat Williams. And again, that's a big no-no. There was a YouTube compilation some years ago about how Amy Schumer, Schumer she took jokes and... She would do them, and they would put a side-by-side -side comparison of her telling the joke to the person making the original joke, and that's up there. People had that problem with her. People said that about Carlos Mencia some years ago, how he would take other people's jokes and just blatantly just say them, put his own little twist on them, but he took the premise of their joke and just did it. That was a big problem. In the comedy world, you're not supposed to do that. 
as I said, you come up, you do your own joke, all that type of stuff. You come up with your own premise, but then when you take someone else's joke, that's a big no-no. A lot of celebrities, a lot of comedians know that, and that's just what it is. And that's one of the problems that Cat Williams had. And I think the biggest problem that Cat Williams had with a lot of people was the disrespect to Bernie Mac. And he got at uh, Steve Harvey for that. And in my personal life, I've said I never liked to Steve Harvey because of that. Steve Harvey went after Bernie Mac's role on one of the Ocean's, I believe, Ocean 11, Ocean 12 uh, roles that Steve, that Bernie Mac had. And they mentioned it on one of the TV One specials where they talked, I believe it was Unsung or something like that. And they mentioned uh, Bernie Mac. They did a whole episode about Bernie Mac, who died into his early life, his uh, early career to him being on top of the world with the Bernie Mac show, being in movies and all that. And they talked about Bernie having the spot in the, one of the Ocean's movies and how his friendship with Steve Harvey kind of took a hit with that because Bernie found out that Steve was trying to politic that role away from Bernie Mac. And that's crazy because you guys did Kings of Comedy. That's supposed to be your boy. That's supposed to be your guy and all that type of stuff. And you find out that he's trying to take the movie role that you got. That's supposed to be your boy. That's supposed to be your quote unquote friend. But no, he t- tries to take something away from you. And even his, Bernie's family, I believe his daughter, talked about that on the TV One special. And again, that's where my personal problem in real life, I had a problem with Bernie, not Bernie, but uh, Steve Harvey with that. You don't do that to someone, especially with Bernie on the Kings of Comedy tour. He did the best sets you heard. Uh, Steve talked about it. You heard Cedric talk about it. You heard D.L. Hughley talked about it. They talked about how Bernie had the best sets. It was hard to follow Bernie because Bernie just burned the whole thing down after his jokes. Like, you don't want to go after Bernie, so we got to put him on his last. Um, Dude, Bernie was a monster. And for Cat and everybody still to hold him in that high relevance that he is, that tells you how much respect and relevance that uh, Bernie had with all the other comedians. But for Cat to bring up to the public what Steve Harvey did. It just shows everyone that Cat Williams came to Shannon Sharp's thing with a mission to expose and destroy the comedy world. And after this interview or monologue, because I can't even say this is an interview, this is more of a monologue and a small conversational piece between Shannon and Cat that they had. You saw a lot of celebrity comics come out to try to uh, debunk what Cat Williams said, but they couldn't debunk it because the fans would bring it up in their tweets and just have a side-by-side comparison of the jokes being stole or something happening like that. There's a lot of things, but you will see a lot of people just try to come out and try to refute what Cat Williams said and everything else. Dog, it ain't happening. Cat Williams got it on lock, got it on smash, and he got people... Looking at y'all crazy out here. Y'all just got to take that and eat that, especially if you did it. Just accept it. We're in a new age of 2024, man. Back in the day, you guys could lie and get those lies off because there was no internet like that being prevalent the way that it is now. And that's my kind of thing now with rappers now, with a lot of people that say, well, I did this, I did that. I used to sell drugs. I used to slang. Let me tell you something. If a rapper is talking about slinging drugs now, let me explain something to you. Look up their government name and see if they have an arrest record. Because if they have an arrest record, 
then you can believe what they rap about. If they don't have an arrest record, well, don't believe what they rapped about. If it's one of these new age guys that's coming out here rapping about it, don't believe it. Believe the people back in the 90s and 80s and even early 2000s that talked about selling dope and everything else. Because guess what? The internet wasn't as prevalent as it was then. And some of them probably did get away with it. Now with the internet and technology being the way that it is now, where you have a tracking device on you every step of where you're going with your cell phones, with there being cameras, being everywhere posted, everywhere. There's no way you're selling dope out here and not getting caught. Let me just make that perfectly clear to any falsified rapper that's talking about they selling work. It ain't happening. That's a lie. So going back to even with the joke stealers, Back in the day, you could steal the jokes and nobody would know about it. Now, you steal a joke. People are going to be on your ass because they know that you stole that joke. And people are going to tweet at you saying, hey, yo, get respect, pay respect to this person. Again, Cat Williams, he let off a big atomic bomb. It's a whole two hour and I believe 40 or even 50 minute uh, monologue, small conversational piece with Shannon Sharp. I would suggest you go check it out if you haven't been one of the almost 20 million people that viewed that video, go and check it out. You'll come about with certain uh, theories about some of your favorites in that piece and even in the entertainment business and how people in the entertainment business get to where they are at right now. And the biggest thing that I took away from that uh, piece was that uh, Cat Williams, he would give money away to comedians. He talked about how comedians are broke than a mug. After they come off doing their set, he knows that they're broke. They're not getting paid like they're supposed to get paid. He would give money to comedians, but he would do it on the sneak tip. He'll hand the money off to a female, to the female to go give it to the person going off the stage. And he would never ever ask for any type of gratitude, no type of nothing from these individuals. You've had people go online and talk about it. Dion Cole, he's talked about it. Uh, another comedian, he's talked about it. I don't remember my man's name. He talked about it, it because he got $750 from Cat Williams and he only did, I believe, about five minutes or something. He broke up broke up the amount of dollars to minute that he was on there. That's how he got $750 from Cat Williams by proxy because of that. Um, Jacquees, he's a... I believe an R&B singer, he talked about how he uh, got $10,000 from Cat Williams off of just the strength. And Cat Williams, he has been giving money to people just off the strength because he's just that type of guy. He never asked for any type of validation or anything. So that's the biggest thing I take away from that Cat Williams situation. Cat Williams, he is a guy that's going to uh, tell the truth, whether you like it or not. He's going to tell his own style of the truth. But I believe about a good... I believe a big hunk of portion of that interview. Now, him running, A, that's his own thing. I don't know if he can run as fast as he says he can run. He said he runs a four-point something in whatever. That's his business. He said that he read 3,000 books a year when he was a young kid. Again, that's his prerogative. I'm not certain. Hey, man, he probably could have. You got people that... He, were bookworms and nerds to this day that read constantly every day they can get done with the book within what three to four hours amen and you got 365 days it could be accomplished but hey it is what it is cat williams one of the greatest comedians out there and also before i get off of this cat williams thing i want to let people know that 
you need to believe some of the things that Cat Williams said, especially when he talked about how he got Ricky Smiley in a dress. And again, I'm not saying that he did. I'm just using my thought process on this. Before Kevin Hart became the big man that he wants or is right now, Cat Williams was that guy. Cat Williams still is that guy, but he was that guy that Hollywood saw and he decided to back Cat Williams and put him in this, put him in that, put him in television shows. Hey, you can't miss Cat Williams. He's going to be on this. He was that guy. Before the industry started labeling him as being unable and uneasy to work with because he decided to not do certain things that they wanted him to do. You guys got to look at that and remember that. Remember, the early 2000s, Cat Williams was smoking. I mean, my guy was out there. The mid-2000s, he was smoking out there. He was on TV. He was on comic specials. I mean, he was there. So I can believe him saying, yo, I worked with Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley said this. And in my contract, the next thing I said that if I had to wear with Ricky Smiley, he has to wear a dress. And I looked up Ricky Smiley's IMDB, as Cat Williams said, what was the next movie that he did? First Sunday, and did he wear a dress? You bet he did. And guess what? That's true. The next movie that Ricky Smiley did work with, with Cat Williams, was First Sunday, and he wore a dress in it. What more can you say in that? And again, he went at uh, Tyler Perry and Ricky Smiley saying that they work best as females because that's the only thing that they can do. They can't play a man to save their life. Hey, I'm not going to touch on that. That's their prerogative. That's their business. But... I can believe Cat Williams had that type of power to put that in his contract, in his rider to say, hey, yo, get my man to wear a dress and then we'll do it again. It's all speculative on certain things, certain things. You can kind of see that it's true, but you do that on your own. Do the science for yourself. That's my opinion on Cat Williams. Anytime Cat Williams does an interview, I at least try to look at it because Cat Williams is a funny man, but he also is a guy that doesn't like to waste time. He's there for a purpose and there for a reason. And you probably need to look into what Cat Williams uh, said and see if it's true for yourself. Now, my last and final thing that I talk, want to talk about uh, is the names that came out after this unsealed Jeffrey Epstein stuff. More names came out. Uh, Prince Andrew, as we already knew, was on that list. His name came out. Bill and Hillary Clinton, their names came out. Donald Trump, his name was on the list. Uh, Alan Drusitsky, he was on the list. I don't know who that is. Stephen Hawking, he's on that list. Al Gore, uh, Leslie Waxner, Bill Richardson, uh, Gene Lou Bornell, he's on there. Marvin Minsky. Michael Jackson, David Copperfield, Tom Pretzker, Glenn um, Dublin, Frederick Fekun, Fekai, I don't know who that is, uh, Hud Bach, Chris Tucker, Kevin Spacey, George Lucas, Naomi Campbell, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchard, Cameron Diaz, Bruce Willis, uh, Kenneth Starr, Russ Lana, Krusha Nova, I have no idea what it is, and they also said the Pope, dog, listen, there's a lot of people, there's probably gonna be more people coming in out from the names that's on the list, this is coming from the Washington Post, some of these people uh, allegedly messed with women that were on Epstein Island, some people did not, as for example, Michael Jackson, one of the people claimed to have met Michael Jackson at Epstein's uh, Palm Beach home, she denied ever massaging Jackson, so you have that. 
Uh, right here, David Copperfield, the one of the victims, described Copperfield performing tricks at the dinner at one of Epstein's home. He questioned me if I was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls. She added, noting that the illusionist did not specify what he meant. There's some, like I said, there are some things you got to read into if you're into that type of business, but just getting the names that's coming out from this whole Epstein list, again, it's all weird because he was just, I believe, was a financial guy. So, of course, he talked to politicians and people that were celebrities. Certain people probably did some nasty things. As I said, Prince Andrew, we all know uh, the allegations that came from him, from the Jepstein Island situation. You guys can look into those names if you want to, I'm just here to deliver them to you because this is one of the big things that people were worried and talking about was the names from the Jeffrey Epstein list going to be released. And we can tell some of the names have been released from that. So go ahead, do the research for yourself. I'm not going to do more, a lot of that because I'm just going to list the names. I'm like, all right. So they had contact with Jeffrey Epstein. Cool. Fine, whatever. And I'll probably look at some of the names, but uh, I pretty much don't care about it. Jeffrey Epstein, he's dead. Uh, his girlfriend, Galene Maxwell, she's in prison. It is what it is. And uh, yeah, I believe that's everything I wanted to cover today. Uh, this is a longer portion of the episode that I've done, but I'm glad to get it out there. I'm glad to do this, and I'm glad to uh, start off 2024 with this type of ammunition that the world was able to provide. Now, I have said all that, it's time for a little uh, promotion. If you did not listen to the midweek episode where I talked about 2024, I talked about the... Um, earthquake that happened in japan uh other travesties that happened in japan you can go listen to that right now and if you are a pro wrestler watcher i speak about what happened in the week professional wrestling from my saturday wrestling highlights of the week that's available to you right now as well go and check that out and i believe that's all the promotion out the way now it's time to get you guys out of here i want to thank everybody that downloaded the episode uh today because without you guys it would just be me talking into a mic into a black void so i appreciate everybody that downloaded the episode today and i also appreciate all the podcast homes that allow me to be on your sites because without them i wouldn't be able to get this podcast and this episode out to you guys the listeners so i want to thank them as well um always remember i love you i love you I do love you guys. That is not a gimmick. That is not hokey. I mean what I say, and I mean that. I appreciate everybody that downloads the episode uh, every single week. I see it, and I appreciate everybody. Um, I want everybody to have a great 2024. Again, it started off with a bang, and that's the reason why the title episode was titled Bang. Um, I hope 2024 will stay to this level of excitement, or at least start to dwindle down, because any more excitement than this i don't know how we're gonna survive as a uh, humanity to be honest with you but we'll wait and see what the rest of 2024 has to give us but i hope everybody has a great 2024 i hope everybody uh lives out their dreams and what they want to accomplish in 2024 again we just started get to doing what you want to do and just try to be the best person that you can every day as best as you can so with that being said, this has been the My Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you guys. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. You'll hear from me on Wednesday, Saturday, or even next Sunday. All your choice. So with that being said, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh, Jesus wept. Well.